We have to, we have to learn to receive. We, we have to learn not to always, and I shared this on Wednesday, not to always be looking for that, that breakthrough or looking for that thing when God has something for us now. When he, he's, his presence is here right now. And bless the children in Jesus' name. We bless them. They're going out, it looks like. So I bless them before they get out in Jesus' name. They are blessed. They are not cursed. But we have to sometimes get in the mode of receiving because we do want to ask for more. We do want to say, God, I know there's more. Yes, we want to release more. But if, we, if we we're always like that, we never receive what he's already given. He's saying, I've got something for you right now. And if you drink in or receive in what he has for you now, then you're ready for the more when the time comes. Because you have to receive what he has for us now, what he has for you now, so that you're ready, so that your spiritual tummy doesn't shrink, that you're eating, and so it's ready to receive more food, more life, more power, more love, more of Him. And so that's so important to receive, to say, God, I am satisfied with what you've given me right now. But at the same time, I'm longing for more. I am, I'm longing for more. Psalm 63 says it best. I shared this also Wednesday. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. But later on it says, You satisfy me with the richest of feasts. You satisfy me. And so it's, the, it's, it's both going on at the same time. And we're really got the angles going on this morning. So... I encourage you to receive. I'm going to share um, briefly. Well, I'm going to share this morning and continue. Uh, we, we had a series going on. It's been about a, a few weeks since we'd started it. Um, we talked about giving and the generous community. And this is part two that I promised at some point, but it's been several weeks ago that, um, that we did that, and now we're getting to it finally. And so the Lord had other plans. Um, so I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. And the first part, we talked about the community in Acts 11 community of Antioch, how they were moved to give and provide for the needs of those, uh, the other brothers, at, through a prophetic word about a famine that was coming. And we looked at three verses um, that I think summarize giving in the New Testament. Because giving in the Old Testament was one way, and in the New Testament there was, there was a change, just like there is a change in, in many things from the Old Testament to the New, um, in terms of you know, the sacrifice of Jesus, the way we come to God, the way we even, even some of the ways we worship, we don't have to do sacrifices of animals and all that, that kind of thing. But there's, there was also a change in giving that the change was in the Old Testament, there was the, the, the tithe. In New Testament, the tithe is never mentioned as being something that's mandatory, as being something that's 
even mentioned in a good way, which is shocking in the New Testament, that the, New, the Old Testament standard was 10%. The New Testament standard was 100%. Remember that? We, some of you remember that. You're like, whoa. So what that means is you need to empty out all your bank accounts right now and give it to this church. Praise the Lord. No. That's not what that means. Uh, what it means is that in the Old Testament, it was you know, set aside 10%. And, it, and the heart of it, the heart of the Old Testament was still to give it from your heart. It was never meant to be a law, but it became something that became this, this religious regulation that if you don't do this, then somehow God hates you or doesn't love you or you're less than. That's not the idea at all. The idea is 2 Corinthians 8, 9, which is um, Jesus, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. In other words, Jesus gave everything, and so now our offering is everything. Lord, you have everything of me. That means you have 100% of my finances. That doesn't mean 100% goes to this or that or whatever. It just means you're the, you're the Lord. You're the master. You're the one who has everything. And it's no longer this, this religious regulation. There's, there's not a, it's, it's not a requirement. It's a, it's a freedom. It's a freedom to walk with the Spirit. So, the second verse we talked about was uh, Matthew 6.33, which is, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And then Matthew 6.19-20, which is, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for your... And thieves break in and steal... But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And we ask three questions in our, in our finances. Where's your heart? Who's your source? And what's your reward? If your heart is in heaven, your money will move to the right place. If your source is God, you will live with the resource of heaven. You will live with God's resource. If your resource is your job, you will receive the resource from your job. If your resource is your ability to do anything, you will receive the benefit of that resource. But if your source is God, then you will have miraculous intervention in your finances. You will have miraculous things happen. You will live in the kingdom. And what's your reward? If your reward is just to get something on earth, then you'll receive it. Just like Jesus said in, in the Sermon on the Mount, if that's your reward, if you want praise from men, you, you've received it. You've already received those things, and you can have that. But if you want your reward to be Him, that if He's the reward, just as He appeared to Abraham and said, I am your very great reward, then He will reward you with Himself, with His presence, with His power. And so... And that was what we kind of went over. I'm just summarizing that several weeks ago. That giving is, is, is a freedom. That our finances are to be free and just submitted to God and allow Him to, to flow through us and be a blessing. But this section, there's something more than just the basics. There's something miraculous in Scripture about finances. And see, when we, when we choose to step into the realm of the unseen, 
in any area of our lives. That's the realm of faith, and that's, where, that's the realm where things happen. See, because it's easy to, to, I can see this, and I can give this, I can spend this, I can do this, and that's all seen. But there's, there's a realm, and I'm not saying I totally walk in this, I think I've just touched it. And so I'm throwing something out there as, you know, just as we've seen a taste of the miraculous in healing bodies, we've seen a taste of the miraculous in, in all kinds of things, in His presence, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in, in God's power coming, in salvation, in many things. That we, and we as a church are a very generous community already, but there, there is another level that's in the Scripture. There's another level. And so we're going to look at that. I'm going to share briefly on what that is. So look, let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and open your word to us as we read it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all, a grace, all grace abound to you, so that in all things, and at all times, having all that you'll, you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad His gifts to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I'm going to stop right there for a second and go over those verses briefly. I want you to notice in verse 6, verse 6 is a principle. Whatever you sow, you reap. So if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you give sparingly, you receive sparingly. That, that is a, a universal principle. It doesn't, you don't have to be a Christian for that to take effect. If a, if a person who is totally ungodly is generous with their finances, they will reap a reward. They will receive something. Because they're sowing in generosity, they will reap generosity back to them. They will have favor in that area, whichever they're sowing into. That is just an established principle. It's almost like the law of gravity. But there's something more here. There's a hint at something more. And it says each man should give what he's decided in his heart. And then at verse 8, it says, God is able to, But God is able to make all grace abound to you. That's a different realm. That's a different realm than just sowing and reaping. The realm of grace in the area of finances. There's, there's something more than just the principle of I give and then I get blessed back. I bless and I get blessed back. There's something more. And remember, grace is the power of God's presence to do what He's called us to do. And so that's, that scripture here says that all grace will abound to you so that in all things... See, one area of our spiritual life affects every area of our spiritual lives. That's right. Say that again. <laughs> one, 
One area of our lives affects every area of our spiritual lives. If we are unwilling to step into the unseen, into the realm of grace in our finances, that will hinder us in other areas when we're trying to pray for miracles and cast out demons from people, that if we're holding back in one area, it's going to affect the rest. But likewise, the positive is also true, that if I'm stepping into the realm of the unseen in the, in, in the miraculous, in, in healing of bodies, it's going to come back and also affect things in the financial realm. Because everything we do it affects all of our lives. We are totally whole. We're one person. We're not, we don't compartmentalize ourselves. And that, see, that's the thing that we've done as the church. We've compartmentalized things like, okay, this is a spiritual thing and this is just a normal thing and church is on Sunday and Wednesday and whenever else we gather and that's when God does stuff and then the rest of the time is when you know, nothing else happens. I can't feel his presence unless I got a bunch of people worshiping with him. And see, we compartmentalize things where everything is supposed to be. Everything is, is him. Everything is where he's at. His kingdom is everywhere. His kingdom is everything. It's advancing. And stepping into the realm of the unseen is always available in every area of our lives. And so in the same way, I believe God wants to release us to something miraculous in our giving. See, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see in these verses, in verse 7, there's no compulsion. That's peace. In verse 7 also, it talks about being a cheerful giver, that giving with joy. In verse 10, it says, our harvest of righteousness will enlarge our harvest of righteousness. In other words, even when we give, it's going to affect every area of our lives. It's going to enlarge the harvest of our righteousness. Excuse me. Now go to, go to chapter 8. We're going to go to chapter 8 real quick. This is 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1. And we'll know the message is over when I <clears throat> can't talk anymore. Um, And see, just to, to remind you, the most important thing in, in your finances, in your giving, is obedience. It's intimacy with God and obedience. See, this is the thing, and God will not condemn you. At the beginning of the year, God spoke to me and said, you need to give a, a small amount of money to a certain ministry. $25. No big deal, right? I wasn't in rebellion. Um, I didn't choose not to give it. I just forgot. <laughs> but God is so kind that he brought it up again and said, you still haven't done that. And I said, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Does that mean you know, God was suddenly upset with me? No. But there is something missing in my life till I write that check and send it to that ministry. And who knows? It's only $25. That's not a big deal. But you know what? $25 could be a big deal to them. We don't know where they're at. We never know what's going on. We had an amazing chance as a church to bless someone. I'm going to get a drink here.
And, and as a council, um, I brought something before them with an opportunity to bless someone who not, most, of, most of you probably don't know, have never met. He's not a part of this church. And so we prayed and we, and we, and we sent money from, from our church and we gave our own money as well. People, people were given the opportunity to give. And so we sent a certain amount of money to this person. And here's God's timing right here. Here's, here's, how, the kingdom, it, here's how the kingdom works. I got a phone call from the family. And I thought this, this process took about two months for us really to get through it. From the time I heard the Lord till the time we actually sent the check. And they called me and said, we just want to thank you, first of all. We thank you for the gift. But we want to tell you that there's even more to it. The very day, the very day we received that check, the person we gave to had just come home from a surgery and they needed the money. They needed the money. And so he came home from the hospital. From a, from a, he's been going through a battle. He's been in the midst of a battle. And this person, we were, they were able to come home from the hospital and go to the mail and open up the envelope and receive what they needed the very day they needed it. See, that's how the kingdom works. And if you want to hear more stories about that, you can talk to Jerry and Marie Knudsen. They've shared many before. That See, the kingdom finance is different than American finance. It's, it's totally different. Remember the story Jerry told a couple weeks ago? He, he said, God told us to give all that money to someone else. I mean, what, they, he didn't say tithe off of it. He didn't say give 20%. He didn't say give 25%. But they said, man, we've got to give all. God said give it all away. So they gave it all away. And that very day, they go to the mailbox and they received all they needed back. That's how the kingdom works. And now it works both ways though, see? Because if I'm not willing to, to send my blessing off, someone may not be receiving the blessing they should receive. Now, I think God covers over and works that all out and stuff. But the thing is, when it's working how it should be, there should never be anybody in the community of God that, that is going without something they need. That's how it's supposed to be. That was the New Testament in the book of Acts. That everyone was provided for. And how does that happen? When I'm in intimacy with God, when I'm in obedience with God, and then I step into the realm of grace. When it's not just sowing, yeah, sow, I know I'll reap. When it says, man, God, you are just going to have to empower me because this has to be something supernatural. And so I send this blessing, and I know that not only is it going to be a supernatural blessing, but I know that you're going to have to take care of me supernaturally. And so there's something more. And here's where it is. This scripture, I mean, this, this really blew me away, and I, it, it may be just for me. But And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Here it is, verse 2, right here. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able And look at this. And even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. 
Did you notice that? Did you see the, did you see there was a little equation there? Here is the equation in the kingdom. Extreme trials, horrible poverty, plus joy equal generosity. Did you didn't you see that there in verse 2? Severe trial, overflowing joy, and extreme poverty. What did that produce? It welled up in this rich generosity. And so they were able to give beyond their ability. See, there are other miracles than just healing bodies. There are other miracles than salvation. Although salvation is the greatest miracle of all, that, that Jesus, that God would send His Son and die for us and rescue us from sin and by trusting in Him and turning away from our way of life, repentance and faith, we will be saved and we are entering into His family and we have everything He has to offer. That's the number one miracle. But there's a whole lot of other ones. And why I'm sharing this today is we are in the midst of pursuing God for the miraculous. And this is part of it. That I see us doing something beyond our ability. That we are able to give as a people. We are able to bless beyond what is possible in the natural. That we're able to give beyond that even in the midst of whether it's a trial we're going through, whether we're going through an attack, whether even if we have extreme poverty ripping at our lives, that we are able to well that up in rich generosity and we go into the realm of grace, into the realm of the kingdom and we give and we bless, we bless, we bless beyond our ability. So Lord, make it so. Holy Spirit, do the miraculous, do the miraculous in us that we would well up in rich generosity, Lord, to the nations, to this community. Let's read the rest of the scripture. See, these Macedonian people, they were, they were crazy for God. Look at this. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this servant to the same. They were pleading so they could give out of their extreme poverty. They had little. But they said, we've got to give. We've got to bless. And they did not do as we expected. But they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. There's the obedience part. So we urged Titus, since he had early made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. See, the grace of giving is when we move in to the realm of the kingdom. And some of us may need to move in from even... from a poverty mindset to a kingdom mindset. Some of us may be in the middle, which is kind of just the, the normal person mindset or whatever, I don't know. But there is a poverty mindset. And you know what the poverty mindset is? It's, I don't have enough. 
I don't have enough. I'm always lacking. I'm always just short. There's, there's never enough for me. Where are we going to get the money to... See, that's a poverty mindset when you're always looking at what is not there. That's, that's, and that's a bondage that needs to be broken. A kingdom mindset says, I know there's going to be too much. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> See, and we, and we experience this. We experienced this on our Poland trip last year when we raised money to go to Poland. And I told, I told Gary this beforehand. I said, I, said, I know we're going to have more than enough. So we don't need to even worry about are we going to get the money. My thing is we need to worry about what are we going to do with all this money. And you know what happened? You all gave too much money. <laughs> Other people we knew, they gave, they gave too much money. We had, we had so much money that we had to figure out ways to bless the people in Poland. We said, well, what can we do? What, how, can we, how can we bless them? Because we had way too much. We had more than the allotted amount. We had more than what we were planning to give. And it was, we were already planning to give them a lot. And so we had to say, we have too much. And so that was just a taste. Just a small taste. Of what he has. Because God wants to touch this nation. And he and the people are hungry for the miraculous and the supernatural in every area of lives. It's not just one. Yeah, people need healing in their bodies. People need freedom in their minds and their souls and their emotions. And we will walk. You will walk in the miraculous. Your hands will heal the sick. Your mouth will command demons to leave. But we will also operate in the miraculous where one person provides something that was impossible on their own to provide. A blessing where we can give something. And I don't know if that ends up in Poland or Mexico or Honduras or wherever. We're already a generous people. You all are so generous. And so all I'm doing is saying, you know what, let's keep going. Let's enter into the miraculous. Let's enter into a new realm. I want to see those things even more. I want to learn to give beyond my ability. I want to be a blessing beyond my ability that someone looks at at my finances, someone looks at the way I treat my wife, someone looks at the way I, I interact with my family members, that they say there's something miraculous going on. That is not natural. I don't want to be natural. I don't want to have anything natural in my life. And I still got a lot of it. And so I'm just asking the Lord for more. And so this is a picture. That's all this is today, is casting the vision. If these people in the middle of extreme poverty, severe trials, but they had overflowing joy, produce rich generosity. What if I'm not in extreme poverty? What if I'm not going through a trial? How much more can that produce with the grace of God and the presence of God? So what I want us to do is we're just going to close right now. I want you to stand.
And I want Jerry Knutson to come and bless us. And I didn't, I didn't ask him about this, but I just really feel, feel strongly that this couple has lived in the kingdom finance, in the miraculous, in their finances for many years. For 23 years. And if you remember, Jerry shared before that when his glasses came up from the bottom of the lake miraculously, that, that the Lord spoke to him and said, my provision for you shall be miraculous. And so God's released that in their lives. And so I'm just going to ask you to pray and just pray whatever God tells you to pray over us as a people that we might go to the next level, move in a new realm. Thank you. Father God, we are here this morning and... and, um, we know that you provide seed to the sower and and that you provide their bread and, and, and their habitation and their covering. And you know, Lord, all of the things about each one of us and where we are and where our hearts are what our intentions are and how we move in your kingdom. And Lord, we ask, we ask right now, Lord Jesus, that, that you come and you touch our lives and, and expose our hearts to ourselves, Lord Jesus. Expose, expose my heart to me, Lord, that I might see where it needs to be touched and ministered to and and, and, and it, that, that it would turn, Lord Jesus, to you in a greater way. Because it, it starts in every part of our lives, every instant of our lives, Lord Jesus, if we give to you first, if we give ourselves to you first, if we give our hearts to you first, and we look for you, and we, we never get tired of being surprised by your presence, and we always look to see where you are and what you are doing, and we look to join you in it. And Father, as we come to you today, we ask you to give us a new vision and give us to, a, a new eyes to see. But would you just open the eyes of our hearts, Lord Jesus, and open them wide and open the ears of our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we not only would we see you and look and, and give into your into what you are doing in everybody's life around us, but but we would hear, Lord, we would hear your voice. And we would know, Lord Jesus, that it is you speaking directly to us, to me, Lord Jesus. You're speaking to me. God, I want to hear your voice. Would you say that with me? God, I want to hear your voice. Let's say it again. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to see your kingdom. Would you say that with me? God, I want to see your kingdom. And I give myself to you. And I give myself to you. And I give myself to you wholly now. For you are the glory and the power and the kingdom. And I give you honor and praise and victory and all the words that I can think of right now, Lord Jesus. I lift them up to you that you might receive from me this morning all that I am and all that I will ever be because you are it. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help me find ways to do more than I do. Thank you, Jesus. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's just give the Lord praise right now. Amen. Something was released this morning in the spirit. So, but that's it. We're not here for any longer than than God has. And so be blessed as you go. If you still need prayer for something you didn't get prayed for earlier, feel free to come forward. But if not, go bless and be a blessing wherever you go today.